Good evening. How's everybody doing? I've seen a few of you. I've seen you earlier in the week getting all the food from Food City, so there's probably nothing left. Stand with me if you will. We've got a special treat for you tonight. A special guest singer you'll find out in a little bit. Sing with me with uh, In the Garden. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. I'm glad you're here. Uh, we have a few uh, announcements for you tonight. Don't forget now Sunday. What are you supposed to do Sunday morning? All right, let's all get in tune. All right, I'm going to tell I'm going to tell you the answer. Spring forward. All right, now what are you supposed to do Sunday morning? All right, if you don't spring forward then you're out because we're having breakfast, amen? So uh, breakfast starts at 9 o'clock and then church, uh, same time for Sunday school and all. And so don't forget that on Sunday, make sure you put that down. Um, Sunday night, uh, Brother Barry Simpson's going to be here with us and a friend of his that helps him with the foundation. And some of you have asked questions about this and I'm telling you, I don't know the answers to all of it, but I'll tell you this. Really and truly, and I'm being sincere, you, you don't want to miss it because it's some good stuff for you. And uh, it's only available through our um, national, and so uh, it's some good stuff, and uh, you need to listen to it. Whether you do it or not, or whether you want to do it or not, it still gives you good information 
uh, for uh, your family, all right? So uh, it's kind of like, you know, uh, you don't want to go get insurance, but how many of you know you got to have insurance, amen? So it's something you got to have, and it's uh, recommended, and it's uh, something through our Free Will Baptist that only you can uh, participate in. So come and hear Barry. And uh, by the way, Barry uh, loves the Lord, and uh, he will tell you everything that is right with that and show you the things that you need or things you may not need. So make sure you come. So Sunday morning, I'm preaching, all right? So don't go out of here and say, I'm not going Sunday because we're not having church. We are having church. I'm preaching. Sunday night, they'll bring in some uh, gospel in their presentation also, so you'll hear a good a good uh, day of uh, messages, so come Sunday night and be part of that, and uh, I'm sure that you'll enjoy that. Um, also, we need to remember some uh, people uh, in prayer. Elsie Ditton is in the hospital, and uh, Louise Jackson is still in the hospital. Of course, remember Dorothy Bowman, uh, she's over at the rehab at Princeton. Coach May is over at the rehab at Princeton. Uh, Ramona Hall is going to be having some tests that she that we need to pray about. Uh, the Singletons, uh, she called me last night, and I talked to her for a little while. And uh, Mr. Singleton's not doing well, so remember the Singletons. Uh, Mary Lee Campbell in your prayers. Mary Baker is going to be leaving the hospital as I speak, and she's going to Princeton also. So. Uh, we've got a lot over at Princeton right now, and uh, so uh, pray for those people as they go through their rehab, and uh, so uh, don't forget that. Maybe you have some people tonight that you'd like for us to remember. Yes, she got to go home. Jewel got to go home, and um, but pray for her. Uh, there's some tests they're going to be doing on her, uh, so really pray for her also. Anybody else? Yes. 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 Anybody else? Yes. If you have prayer requests that you'd like for us to pray for on Tuesdays and Thursdays, if you would put them in the prayer box over there, um, uh, we always pray for those. Whether I'm here or Brother David or is here uh, and whoever's here, we pray for those that are in the box. So make sure uh, that you um, put that in there. Anybody else? Well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. It's good that he's allowed us to have health enough to be here, amen? And uh, I, I'm thankful for that because, as we all know, one of these days you may not be able to come as often as you are right now, and uh, I see it every day. And, uh, and I'm thankful I get to come to church, aren't you? I'm thankful I get to come to church. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer and thank Him. And this is a time that uh, we're going to take up our offering. All of you that are watching us online, if you'd like to give, 
uh, you can do that right now. And those of you that leave tonight, if you'd like to give an offering, everything we take in tonight, of course, goes to our children. So uh, whatever you give will go to them. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we love you. And Father, we thank you that you've been so good to us. We pray for those prayer requests tonight, all of these folks that are sick. I pray, Father, that you will help them to get well soon. And Father, I thank you for always being with us, no matter what area of life we're in. You're always there with us. And we thank you for your comfort. We thank you, Father, for your grace and mercy towards us. Now, Father, I pray tonight as we give back to you that you will help us to give from a heart that is willing to give. Lord, help us to always be thinking of those that are lost. There's so many people that do not know you in the free pardon of sin. And Father, I pray that um, before it's everlasting too late, they'll be saved. Now, Father, help us every day to be more like you. Help us to um, uh, tell others about Jesus. Help us to be a light in this dark world. And Father, we'll praise you for what you do for us because you're just so good to us. And thank you for all that you do. In your precious, sweet name, we pray these things. In the name of Jesus, amen. You can stand down there if you want to. That's the hardest part of me getting up here to sing is getting up here. Uh, I do want to say that I am very glad to be back in church here. I've been gone for a while, and, and I've also been in the hospital for a while, and I just praise God for the healing that he has given me. And I would like to put in a plug for my Senior Citizens Choir at the Senior Citizens Center. If any of you are interested, uh, we need more singers. So we're all getting a little older, and we need some younger and some older. And as you can tell from this song, Talent's not, a, not really necessary, so uh, I'm ready. <laughs> From the lofty courts of heaven came a bud on earth to bloom, knowing that his fate 
would be the tomb, but the grave it could not hold him. Angels rolled the stone away. Now the mighty rose of Sharon is still blooming yet today. But the next time you come, he won't have to die for me. The next time you come, there won't be a Calvary. The next time he comes, we'll begin eternity. And when he comes again, he'll be coming for me. I remember when I met him, how the Spirit took control. He established my going, now he stars in my life's role. For a man to come from heaven, going then up Calvary, oh what love beyond all measure that he gave his life for me. But the next time he comes, he won't have to die for me. The next time he comes, there won't be a Calvary. For the next time he comes, we'll begin eternity. And when he comes again, another hand. That's good, Brother Roger. Whenever you want to sing again, you tell me. I'll put you down. All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Colossians. We're getting down to the end of the book of Colossians. Um, we're going to look at verses uh, 10 through 14, I think, right now. 10 through 14. And, um, and then we're going to finish up this message that we started uh, two weeks ago entitled, Plain Ordinary People. How many know tonight you're just a plain, ordinary person? All of us. Plain, ordinary people. You know, for those of you that have read your Bible through, one of the things that you always say to me when you start that 
is preacher. Why is all them names in there? I can't pronounce those names. Well, join the crowd. Uh, there's a lot of names I can't pronounce in there also. But as I told you the week before last, names are in the Bible for a purpose. They're there for a purpose. They have meaning. And so we're going to look at the meaning of some of these names again that we started last week and didn't get through. We're going to look at the rest of these names. Probably won't get through tonight. So we'll probably be talking about some more names next week. But I hope that I make it that, that you will think it to be interesting in what the reason God put these names in there. So we're going to look at it again tonight uh, from the aspect of the second, the second part of these names. First part of these names, we, we looked at the messengers. And we found that in verse 7, there about the messengers, where it said, All my state, and that means affairs, all my affairs, shall Tychicus declare unto you, who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and fellow servant of the Lord. We, we said a few things about him, but I'm not going to go all through that again. But one of the key things that sticks out there, this Tychicus, was the right-hand man of Paul. So you wouldn't have known that unless we studied it. He was kind of like Paul's executive secretary. So when Paul would write, or when Paul would speak, he would write, and he kept things down. He kept Scripture down. He carried Scripture. So that's what Tychicus was he was Paul's executive secretary. And then we talked about Onesimus. Onesimus in Colossians 4, 9, it says this, and I'm going to read our text in just a moment. Stay with me just a minute. It says, With Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you, they shall make known unto you all things which are done here. Now, I told you about Onesimus, and you may not have known this, but he was kind of a, um, a prisoner. He was kind of a uh, rebel, if you want to put it that way. And the way that Onesimus found the Lord is that he, was, uh, he had... Uh, his uh, slave owner was Philemon, and Philemon, he had run away from him, Onesimus had, and he had stolen things from Philemon, and eventually he wound up in jail. But guess who he wound up in jail with? With who? Paul. Paul. Now, I don't know if everybody in here knew that. Did everybody know that? Well, he wound up in jail with Paul, and guess what Paul did? Well, he just won him to the Lord. Uh, Onesimus got saved. And uh, so what happened after that? Well, it's kind of in interesting because after Paul led him to faith, Paul said, now you got to settle your accounts. And so he had accounts that needed to be settled with Philemon. And so what Paul did, Paul wrote to Philemon and he said, I'm going to send 
Onesimus back to you, but now it's not the same man that left you because now he's a child of God. And he said, I want to say this about Onesimus. Not only is he a child of God, and I know that because I want him to Christ. And he said, not only is he a child of God, but he said, if he has any unsettled accounts with you, then put them on my account. And it's kind of like what the Lord Jesus did for you. It's a picture. And that's what these names, these men, these women that are mentioned in the Bible, that's what God does. He shows us pictures, portraits of who they were and what they are now. So tonight, we're going to talk on the subject of the greeters tonight. So I want you to turn with me there to Colossians 4, 10 through 15, and we'll start with these greeters. It says there in verse 10, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, saluteth you. And Marcus, sister's son to Barnabas. Now, stay with me just a moment. Touching whom you received commandments, if he come unto you, receive him. And Jesus, which is called Justice, who are of the circumcision, these only are my fellow workers unto the kingdom of God, which have been a comfort unto me. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him record that he hath a great zeal for you, and them that are in Laodicea, and Hierapolis, look, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Salute the brethren which are in Laodicea, and Nymphus, and the church which is in his house. Let's thank the Lord for the reading of his word. Father, we thank you. We lift you up. We thank you for the reading of the word tonight. And Father, we ask that you will help us as we learn together these names and what they mean and how important they are. In your word, help us, Father, to never forget that you are precise. There is a story behind these men and women that are in the Bible. And Father, help us to be taught tonight. Help us to be ministered to. Help us to hear the message about what these people mean and what they meant to your fellow servants. Thank you, Father, for what you're going to do for us tonight. We love you with all of our heart. In your precious, sweet name, we pray in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, the greeters. In Colossians verse, or chapter 4, verse 10, here's the first greeter. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, saluteth you. And then in verse 12, Epaphras who is one of you, a servant of Christ. And then in verse 14, Luke, the beloved physician. So we talked a little bit last week because in verse 11 it says about these men, now listen to what it says there, it says, these only are my fellow workers. Paul writing, he said, these only are my fellow workers unto the kingdom of God, which have been a comfort unto me. So we know who they are. We know what they meant to Paul. 
They were his fellow workers. They worked beside him, alongside of him, to do the work of the Lord. And the first one that is mentioned is in verse 10, Aristarchus. Aristarchus was a fellow servant. He was with Paul through some of Paul's worst times. One of those was when he was in the storm on the Mediterranean Sea with Paul, and that's found in Acts chapter 27. So we know he was there with him. He stayed with him through thick and thin. How many of you know that in the work of the Lord, you've got to be there through thick and thin? How many of you know that things are not always going to be just fine? Sometimes you're going to go through storms. I think sometimes we forget to tell these young Christians when they first get saved, when they first become a child of God, we forget to tell them that sometimes the Lord will take you through storms in your life. And he takes you through storms in your life because he wants you to mature. He wants you to grow. He wants you to become more than what you are tonight. No matter how old you are, amen, no no matter how long you've been saved, there's sometimes in your life, as long as you live in this life, that God will allow storms in your life so that you will mature and you will grow. What kind of storms, preacher? Maybe financial storms. Maybe family storms. Maybe maybe health storms. I don't know. But as long as we're in this life, we will go through storms. Well, this man was a man that stayed even when the storms of life came. And it's something that we all could learn that we're going to go through storms. But guess what? Jesus will always be right there with us. He was always there in these difficult times. Aristarchus. He's the kind of person that Paul could count on. Do you have someone tonight that you can count on? Besides Jesus, do you have a friend you can count on? Yeah, you do, don't you? Most of us in this place have friends we can count on. Well, that was the kind of friend this man was. We talked about him a little bit last week, so we're going to leave it there. What we're going to start out tonight is Colossians 4.10 again, where it says the second name. It says there, Marcus, sister son to Barnabas, touching whom you receive commandments, if he come unto you, Receive him. Now, this is Paul talking. He says, here's Marcus. He gives you a little information about family. And then he says, if you see him, he's received our commandments. If he comes to you, receive him. Now, I want to tell you who this man is. And you can go back through the Bible and you can can see that I'm telling you the truth. This young man was John Mark. Now, how many of you remember the story of John Mark? Well, I'm going to give you that story tonight because you need to know it. Amen? So I want you to turn to the book of Acts. It'll be up on the board. But if you want to turn to the book of Acts in your Bible, I want you to turn there. And I'm going to give you a little story about John Mark because names mean something. And his name means something. So in Acts 12.12, here's the story of John Mark. 
And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, now here's the surname, whose surname was Mark, where many gathered together praying. That's found in verse 12 of Acts 12, 12. So there was many in his mother's house, and they were there for one thing, and, and they were praying, and in the middle of them was John Mark. Now, here's a lesson for us. Here's what is happening in Paul's life to see the other side. In Paul's life, you see, he's getting ready to go on one of his missionary journeys. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary. He, he, he came there where they were praying, and she was the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were there and they were praying intensely is what the Bible says in one part. And in this house there was John Mark. And if you go on down and you look in verse 25, you'll see what comes about in this house. In Acts 12, 25 it says this, And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem, and when they had fulfilled their ministry... They took with them John, who was surnamed Mark. So they went into this house, and all of them was praying, and there was the son of Mary, and they said, come with us. We want to take you with us. We, we want you to be part of our missionary team. So they took him with them. And everything was great. I mean, here is Paul, the great apostle, and Barnabas, the son of consolation, the son of encouragement. That, that was who he was. He was an encourager. Barnabas was, I mean, an encourager. And Paul and him said, we're going to take John Mark with us. They picked up this young man. I don't know how old he was, but he was a young man. And they said, we want you to be our assistant. We want you to go with us on our missionary journeys. What a wonderful, wonderful thing to be put in the ministry with Paul and Barnabas. It was such an honor for him. But then you go on to Acts chapter 13. Turn over there, Acts chapter 13, and go to verse 13. So they went into the house where they were praying. They picked up John Mark, and they took him with, took him with them and said, you're going to be part of our missionary team. And then they come down to Acts chapter 13, verse 13. Now when Paul and his company, those that were with him, loosed from Paphras, they came to Perga and Pamphylia, and listen to what that says. What does that say right there? And John departed, or departing from them, returned where? To Jerusalem. What happened? He's going home to Mama. He got homesick. He, something happened. It doesn't say in the Bible, but he went home to Mama. John Mark said, I've had enough of this, and, he and we don't know exactly, like I said, what happened, but for some reason, I mean, folks, he was in the greatest ministry going. Is anybody with me? He, he was in the Billy Graham ministry. 
He was in there. He was going with them. They were preaching. They were teaching. They were seeing souls saved. They were seeing all this. And he got back and he said, I'm going home. I'm not going anymore. What in the world happened? Why did he not complete his term of service? Well, if you go to chapter 15 of Acts, and we'll follow the story carefully there, here's the consequences of him him leaving them. And this is going to be interesting to you, uh, because some of you need to learn the message of John Mark. In Acts chapter 15, verse 37 through 30, or 15, 37 through 39, here's what happens. They decide they're going on another missionary journey. They're going to go again. So Barnabas determined that he was going to take John with him, whose surname was Mark. So Barnabas said, We're going on another one, and, and I'm going to give this. I'm going to give him another chance. And we're going to take John Mark with us. And that sounds great and happy. And everybody, you know, seems wow about it and all this. But what did Paul say? (laughs) But Paul thought not good to take him with him. He said, no, you're not. We're not taking him. He left us before. So we're not going to take him. You say to yourself, that just sounds too harsh. But listen, folks. No, it's not harsh. And you'll, and you'll learn a little bit more about him here in a minute. It wasn't harsh. He said, no, we're not going to take him with us. And it says here, but Paul thought not, not good to take him with them who departed from them at Pamphylia and went not with them to work. And the contention was so sharp between Barnabas and Paul and John Mark. The Bible says the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. But Paul said, I'm not going. It broke up the team. You say, what's that have to do with me? I mean, think about it, folks. The only ones that we can see with our eyes is like uh, Beverly Shea and and Billy Graham and his team just breaking apart and saying, we ain't doing this no more. Well, could you imagine the talk that was going on? Could you imagine the talk that would go on if Billy Graham had done that with his team? Well, there's something bad wrong. Something bad wrong. Something ain't going right. And I can, I'm here to tell you there was something not going right. It broke them apart. You know, folks, sometimes, sometimes people, sometimes people, even Christian people, don't agree. How I many of you know that Brother Paul was one of the greatest man to ever live beside the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, he wrote just about every book in the New... I mean, think about that. And what we want to do, first of all, when we see that, the first thing we want to do is, is blame Paul for it. We'll say, it's Paul's fault. It's him that did that. It's kind of like Warren Wearsby. I don't know if any of you have ever read after uh, Warren's... Warren Wearsby. Anybody ever read after him? He's got some good stuff out there. You ought to read it every now and then. But I read a story that he wrote in one of his books, and he said, I was going through a town, a little town in Texas, and 
He said, I got to the beginning of the town and I saw a sign in front of a church that said, Harmony Baptist. And he said, well, I rode a little farther through the town and I saw another church. And it said, New Harmony Baptist Church. He said, I got to the edge of the church or the town and he said, I saw another sign that said, New Harmony Baptist Church the second. It happens all the time. Amen? But it's some comfort to know that even good people sometimes disagree. And they disagreed about John Mark. Now I think about this young guy, this man named John Mark. You see, what happened was he started off pretty good. If there was ever a team to get with, if there was ever a ministry to be with, it had been the Barnabas and Paul ministry. And he was in there. He started off really good. Maybe you've been like that. Maybe some of you that are watching me tonight, I mean, you just started off real good. I mean, you got saved some time ago, and you were doing real good, but then you messed up. Don't look at me like that. John Mark messed up. I don't know what happened. I, I, I don't know. You faltered. Some of us tonight have failed in things. Maybe some of us listening and here tonight, uh, we have went backwards. You may be downhearted. You, you may be discouraged tonight. At one time you were so thrilled to be saved and, and, and to know the Lord, but you blew it. I want to encourage you with something. I want to encourage you with the life of John Mark. You see, there were at least three men that brought him back into the fold. Three men that set his feet back on the right path to help him recover from his failure. One of them was Barnabas, of course. Barnabas, as I told you a minute ago, was a son of encouragement. He was an encourager. That's the reason he said, I want John Mark to come back in. And Paul said, no. Because you see, the way he looked at things, and I'm talking about Barnabas, when he looked at things, he said, I'm an encourager. I, I want to encourage this young man. I, I want to get him back on track. I, I want to get him doing what he needs to do. And, and, and the way to do that is just throw him right back into the fire. Let's just keep him right back in there. And he was an encourager. He encouraged John Mark. So he was one of the people that helped bring him back into the fold. I believe that Barnabas probably was tender-hearted. Have you ever known anybody like that? They're just tender-hearted. They, they, just, they just love everybody. They're just tender-hearted. Well, I believe that's what Barnabas was. He was just a tender-hearted person. He was a very forgiving person. How many of you know tonight that's characteristics of a, being a Christian? 
a forgiving person. He was very forgiving. And, and I believe that he was willing to give people a second chance. You know, there's some of us here tonight, maybe some of us uh, are watching, that, that there's been people in your life that has failed you, has hurt you, but you will never, ever, and you've already said it in your heart and in your mind, I'll never give them a second chance. Thank God for those people of second chances. Thank God that He is a God of second chances. And Barnabas was one of those. I think that Paul actually helped him get it back into the ministry. You see, Paul had a strong commitment. You've got to understand this. Paul was a strong, spiritual, committed man. I mean, he would have never done anything like that. Now, he's a sinner, just like all the rest of us, but in his characteristics, in his makeup, he could have never seen himself doing what John Mark had done because he was a committed man to God. And he thought, and like some of us do, you know, our commitment sometimes, if we don't watch it, our our, our commitment sometimes will we'll try to put it on everybody else. And Paul was a very committed man, but it helped this young man because he seen someone that would stick to their guns. Somebody that would say, hey, you know, you're supposed to be a Christ follower. You're supposed to be a Christian. You're supposed to love. You're supposed to be committed. And we need those folks. Amen. We need preachers that are like that. We need teachers that are like that. We're committed. Man, we're going to commit ourselves. And that's what Paul was. And I think his commitment actually helped this young man to see, to mature, to have that storm in his life where he thought he was out forever in the ministry. But Paul was only teaching him that if you're going to be in a ministry, if you're going to do what God wants you to do, be committed. And then there was Simon Peter. You say, good grief, how'd Simon Peter get in there? Well, I'm going to tell you if you'll listen. You see... (laughs) When you read 1 Peter chapter 5, you'll find out that John Mark was the spiritual son of Simon Peter. Simon Peter led John Mark to Jesus. And I can almost imagine, you know, I had those spiritual fathers in my life. Those preachers, you know, that I trusted and they were my spiritual father. You know, they kept, I had those in my life. And I'm sure that Simon Peter was that spiritual father in John Mark's life. And I'm sure when John Mark messed up, when he messed up, you know, I'm sure that he went to his spiritual father to get some advice. And as I was thinking on that area, now there's nowhere it says this, but as I was thinking on that area, I was thinking of what kind of spiritual advice would Peter give him? You know where I'm going, don't you? 
I can tell you right now, if he went to him as his spiritual father, and he said to him, and I, I can almost hear Peter say it. I can almost hear him say, I'm sorry you failed, young man. I'm sorry you messed up like you did because you really did have a good thing going. You were with the right people for your Christian life. And I'm sorry you messed up, but I want to tell you a little story. And Peter would have said, well, I was in leadership, I was an apostle, and I loved Jesus with all my heart. And one night, young man, I said to Jesus that if everybody else forsakes you, Lord, I'll never forsake you. But John Mark, the night of our Lord, when he was tried, I stood by the enemy's fire. And I denied I even knew the name of the Lord. Young man, everybody fails. Young man, I want you to know that the Lord Jesus looked at me that evening with a look of love. And when he, when he raised again from the dead, he said, go tell Peter, I'll meet him in Galilee. And he gave me a second chance. And John Mark, it may not be with Paul, it may not be with Barnabas, but God will give you a second chance. I'm so glad we serve a God of second chances tonight. He gave me second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and on and on. You know what happened to John Mark? Oh, this is, this is good. Here's what happened to John Mark. After that experience, he wrote the second gospel. Did you hear what I just said? He was with the greatest ministry ever. He messed up, went home to mama. But God gave him a sec second chance and he wrote the second gospel in your Bible. And can I say to you tonight, there's still opportunity for you. There's still opportunity for me. God loves us. God doesn't throw us away like a piece of trash. God loves us and cares about us and wants us to be in His will. And there's opportunity for you tonight. You can still stir, serve Jesus. You can still be effective for the cause of Christ tonight. You can be that. How can I be an effective preacher? Because the Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 4.11. Now listen. This is the end of the story. 2 Timothy 4.11 Only Luke is with me, Paul said. Take Mark and bring him with thee. Read the rest of that with me. For he's what? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Isn't that good? Paul said, no, he's not going. I mean, there was... Contention. They broke apart. He's not going. I won't allow it. And now he's saying he's profitable. That word profitable there is a big word. It's needful. We've got to have him. 
He's got a job. <laughs> Paul says, bring that young man. Bring him. After that, he's proven himself. He, 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 he needs to come back and he, he's had a recovery. That's why in Colossians 4 that I just read to you, in verse 10 it says, If he come unto you, receive him. You know what that word receive there means? It means open your arms to him. Paul said, the same guy that I said I'm not going with him is the same guy I'm telling you right now to open your arms to him. Bring him back in and love on him. He's profitable. He's who you need. He's worth it. You know when a backslider comes back to church? You know what I mean by backsliders, don't you? Everybody know? Say amen. If not, Brother David, I'll answer that for you. I mean, we're all backsliders. We've all, we've all had it, right? We've all. All of us have. So a backslider, when they come back to church, you know, they've been out for a long time. And they come back to church. You know what they're thinking when they come back to church? Nobody over there is going to like me. Everybody over there is going to talk about me. Everybody's going to think bad about me. You know what we ought to do to people that have been out and haven't been, you know, they just haven't been caring about the church or caring about the services or caring. And, and, and if you don't watch it, that'll, that'll wear on you. And, and you'll get upset. Listen, folks, when people come back, you know what we ought to do? Instead of talking about them and giving them a dirty look, why well, to go over and hug their neck? You want to know why? Because our God is a God of second chances. And third chances and fourth chances and fifth. That's who our God is. And if you're going to serve our God, how many of you know Christian means Christ follower? I know i got to hurry. The third name. So John Mark blew it, but he recovered. Colossians 4.11. Aren't these names interesting? Don't they have good stories behind them? Verse 11. And Jesus. And Jesus, which is called Justice, who are of the circumcision. Now, if you were just looking at it, you said, now it says Jesus. Then it says, which is called Justice. You want to know what his name was? Jesus Justice. His name was Jesus. This man. Anybody with me? Now, now I want to tell you something. That's all we know about this man. We don't know anything else except this. Where it says, and Jesus, which is called Justice who are of the circumcision. That's all we know about Jesus' justice. What a name. In those days, that was not uncommon for people to be named Jesus. In fact, certain cultures in our world today, and you all know this, there's a lot of people that are called Jesus. But think about the significance this man carried of the name of Jesus. 
You see, what Jesus did, he took a common name and he exalted it. Amen? He exalted it. The Bible says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Have you ever thought about it? Have you ever thought about how you bear that name? You do, if you're saved. If you're a Christian, as I said just a minute ago, do you know that the word Christian, as I said, is, means follower of Christ? It means Christ one. You are a Christ one. That's what it means. We bear the name of Jesus. May it be said of us as it was in the early, in the, with the early disciples, they took knowledge of them. That they had been with Jesus. In other words, when people saw them out, you know, traveling the roads, when they saw these disciples, you know what they said about them? That's one of them Jesus followers. That's one of them Christ ones. That's what they said about them. So I want to ask you something tonight. When people see you on the job, when people see you at the Walmart, when people see you at the grocery store, when they see you, do they know you follow Jesus? I remember when I was at Morris Chapel, I had this little fella. Kids cracked me up. But anyway, I had this little fella, and after church one day, I seen him in the back of the church with his mom. I just loved this little fella. went back to him, and I said, Hey, buddy, how you doing? And uh, it hit me like a ton of bricks, what he said. So I walked up to him, and I said, How you doing, little fella? And his mother was standing there with him. He looked up at his mama, and he said, Mama? He said, Is that Jesus? You just don't know what that did to me. I said, um, you know, because I know who I am. I know what I am. You know what I'm talking about? When that little boy said that, the first thing, I know who I am. I know my sins. I know how unworthy I am. And it broke my heart. I said to the Lord that day when I left after it, just all day long, I remember it. I said, Lord, that little boy wanted to know if I'm Jesus. And I prayed and prayed and I asked God to help me, you know, to understand. And, and the Lord is like he said to me, don't make people with your life think less of me. Now think about that. Don't make people with the way you live your life think less of Jesus Christ. Mama, is that Jesus? I'm sure all these preachers have had some kind of equal story of that. But I've never forgotten that in my ministry. 
The fourth one is Epaphras. Verse 12 says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ. What a name, Epaphras. What does that mean? Well, first of all, we know this. The Bible says he's one of you. One of who? One of the Colossians. He, he was one of theirs. He was from Colossae. That's what that means. He was from Colossae. We, we understand through study that this was probably one of the pastors at the Colossae church. He was separated now from them at this particular time. It says that he had labored fervently for them in prayers. Now that, that word labor there, when it's used in there, it means he was in agony in prayer. Now it's telling who this guy is, Epaphras. Well, first of all, we know he was a laborer together in Colossae. He was probably pastoring in Colossae. And, and, and what he was doing there at this time is he was praying for those people in Colossae. And the Bible says that word laboring, that he was doing it in agony. In other words, man, he was in some intense prayer. I mean, it was every day praying. It, it was on his knees. It, it, it was praying. And that same word there, that word that we are using here, it's an athletic term, and it's a picture of intense athletic activity. It's like being out there on the field at Science Hill in 100-degree weather in the summertime with all your pads on and sweating and, and your clothes all wet with sweat, and, and, and you're just in, <laughs> you're in agony out there because <laughs> nobody can save you. Nobody can come get you off the field. I mean, you're just there until after practice. And that's kind of the same picture here. This man was, was praying intense, intensely. He, 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 he was doing God's will for the people. He was praying for them. That's the reason Paul writes about him, is he was a prayer warrior. Think about that. Think about praying that hard. Could I encourage you tonight to just increase your prayers? I'm standing here before you tonight and I'm telling you one-on-one, -on -one, uh, me with you, I need your prayers. I need you to pray for me every day. The war is here. And we need help. All of us that pastor, all of us that that teach all of us. And, and by the way, not only for your pastors, but also for each other. Can I say, step up your prayer lives? God put this man in the Bible. Paul wrote about him because the Bible says he was praying intensely. He, he was in some serious prayer. And he was praying for people in his town. He was praying for those that were saved. He was praying for those that wasn't saved. He was praying. Have a prayer every day. Pray for yourselves. Somebody said, oh, preacher, I just don't feel right about praying for myself. Well, bless your heart. You better pray for yourself. Amen? Amen? There's nothing wrong with that. Hey, listen, I pray for myself every day. God help me. 
I'm weak. You're strong. Lord, help me. I need you. Amen. One preacher told me one time, he said, you better pray for yourself. There ain't nobody else going to pray for you. <laughs> pray for yourself. But not only that, listen to this. Pray for one another. I mean, you need to pick somebody out tonight. Don't tell them that you're doing it. Pick somebody tonight and pray for them. Pray for them the rest of the week till Sunday. Pray for them. And then when you come on Sunday, pick somebody else out. Pray for them. Put them on your prayer list. All of us need prayer. All of us. We need prayer. And this man was a prayer warrior. That's the reason he's mentioned. Colossians 4.12 says, He's laboring fervently for you in prayers that he may stand perfect and complete in the will of God. Now look at that word complete just for a moment. I'm going to quit. I know it's seven. I could go on, but I won't. And look at the word complete there. It's the same word that is used back over in chapter 2, Colossians chapter 2, verse 10. It says this, we are complete in him. How many know tonight you're complete in him? Even though we fail and we mess up, we're still complete in Him. In Him. That's the clue. Now he says here, Paul does in closing tonight, he says, Epaphras prays that you will be complete in all the will of God. He wants you to be everything. Epaphras was praying for these Colossians. He was praying that they will be everything that God wants them to be. That's the prayer. You and I need to pray for each other that we will be... Is everybody listening? Look at me. I'm not preaching anymore. I'm talking to you now. Everything. We need to pray for each other that God will help us to be everything that He wants us to be. Complete in our Christianity what God wants us to be. Hallelujah. That's some good words tonight. Amen? That's some good words from, from, from Colossians. And you thought names meant nothing. My goodness. They have so much meaning in them. God does everything with precise precision. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for loving us. Thank you, Father, for the word tonight. Father, we thank you for the book of Colossians that you gave to us so that we could study and so that we could live our lives the way we're supposed to. Forgive us, Father, for we failed thee. Help us, Father, to always be close to you. You may be here tonight and maybe you just want to come pray. That's okay. If you just want to come and pray tonight, you're welcome. Maybe you're praying for somebody sick. Maybe you're praying for somebody that is hurting tonight, family problems. I don't know, but if you'd like to come and pray, you're welcome to come. We won't dismiss till you get through.